Welcome to Strength for Today's Pastor, conversations with current senior pastors and leaders which will strengthen and help you in your pastoral ministry. And now, here's your host, Bill Holdridge of Poyman Ministries. Welcome to episode 110 of Strength for Today's Pastor. Every church needs to do some kind of healthy, Holy Spirit-directed personal inventory. For example, pastors and leaders need to ask themselves questions like these. Why are we here in this community? Or maybe, what should we be and what, what should we do to make us essential in our community and beyond? And so on that subject of introspective questions and why we are doing what we're doing and that type of thing, we have with us today Pastor Jeff Birmingham of River Rocks Church in Cumming, Georgia. And there's a statement on River Rocks Church's website which reads, quote, we believe that our community doesn't need another church service. And then I'm stopping the quote right there. That arrested my attention. And so Jeff is going to tell us what's meant by this statement on the church's website and about what the Lord's been doing recently in his life and ministry to make much of that happen. Jeff and his wife, Jessica, have three children. Theirs has been a family that is devoted to serving Christ. So Jeff, I want to thank you for joining us today on the program and welcome. Awesome, Bill. I appreciate you having me. It's been a a blessing to listen to uh, this program and and now to be a part of it. It's a real encouragement. It is an encouragement for for me to have you on today, and I have to say that because uh, of the story that you're about to tell. So a little bit of backstory, you you came uh, to Georgia as a direct call from the Holy Spirit. What year was that, and wh- a little bit about what precipitated that, that coming to Yeah, coming. so that was about six and a half, um, almost seven years ago now, in which we were called to come up to uh, coming Georgia. Uh, we we came out of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, uh, down in Florida. Uh, they sent us out as a church plant. Um, you know, we had uh, I had little direct pastoral um, you know, experience. Just knew that there was a calling to plant a church, and the Lord had clearly directed us um, up here to coming. Uh, and you know, it's it was one of those things. We started in our home uh, with me, my wife, and and two kids and a baby on the way. Uh, it was our first service, and then the Lord, you know, slowly added. We started meeting in a park um, after a season. Um, I had a uh, what seemed like a single woman's Bible study that I led for probably four uh, four months, just because <laughs> that was the people that the Lord had brought into this little fellowship that God had. <laughs> Felt like a cult most of the time. It was in our home, uh-huh. um, but uh, you know, over time the Lord continued to add uh, to the church and build the uh, build the church um, up. And so, yeah, we've been here. Um, planting River Rocks Church for about the last six and a half years. Mm-hmm. Well, you came out of Calvary, Melbourne, which is a very large church in Florida. Mark, Mark Balmer's the pastor, and you went through their school of ministry, as I understand. So that was some kind of training for you. Was that What was that like for you as an experience? You know, it was fantastic. It had a lot of practical experience. Um, the reality is, is that it was about seven years removed from when I was called to plant a church. Mm-hmm. Um, I had led Bible studies, community groups, um, had opportunities to teach in, in men's studies, that sort of thing, which mm-hmm. was uh, things that tested the call. Um, and so the experience of going through the school of ministry was was absolutely fantastic. The way that they run it, small uh, group format that they have, very dedicated in, in raising up guys for the ministry. So a fantastic experience going through that. You know, I have to say, Jeff, that when I talk with a pastor on this podcast format and they tell me about a school of ministry experience they had or that they're doing a school of ministry themselves, I get so excited. I mean, this is like, I get goosebumps. I can't even tell you how excited it makes me to know that this is happening in the churches, you know, because as we know, people can't afford seminaries. And even if they did, would it be helpful? (laughs) Because, you know, a lot of times seminary classes are taught by seminary professors and they produce other seminary professors. But to have something that's pastoral training us in a school of ministry format. So I'm just going to take this and do a little brief encouragement to you pastors that are listening to this and leaders start a school of ministry, some kind of legitimate uh, high-level training to train up pastoral-level leaders in your church. You can do it because there are so many resources available now. Anyway, <laughs> that's just my thing. I had to I had to put that in. 
So uh, let's get right into it, Jeff. Uh, let's get right into the church's website statement that we referred to earlier. Uh, and the statement says, we believe that our community doesn't need another church service. And how did you complete that sentence? Yeah, you know, I'll just kind of share a little bit more about how we complete that sentence as a church is, you know, we came up to coming Georgia and we're in an area where there are some of the largest churches in America. Um, and frankly, they've probably nailed down what it means to attract individuals better than any other church um, within our nation from an attractional perspective. Uh, and what we realize is that, you know, our community needs something that's real. They need something that's going to focus on an individual that's going to take on a, a role of one-to-one -one discipleship that we're going to be focused on, on just one more person every single time. Um, and that uh, God's going to choose to build uh, his body, his kingdom, one person at a time. Uh, there is a, a corporate sense to that, which we get to have on Sundays. Um, but it has to be, in, in our opinion, uh, a very discipleship-focused um, approach, which means that, you know, maybe things are a little bit slower uh, than, you know, a, a big launch service. Uh, but we've seen that God has been incredibly faithful in the type of people that we've been able to grow and the depth that's been able to be there. Mm -hmm. So again, um, back to that sentence. Uh, so you completed it on your website in a certain way. What, what did it actually say? What was the statement? So that statement, we finished it, you know, we believe a church, uh, that our community doesn't need another church service. Uh, we believe that it needs uh, examples of people uh, who do the things Jesus did and the way that demonstrates love like Jesus did. Okay. Um, that's how we really focused on, on, you know, building the church is that people need to understand uh, Jesus, period, mm -hmm. that that needs to be the center of what we do. And, and his style mm -hmm. uh, was very relational, mm -hmm. uh, was very focused, uh, had a, you know, a one-on-one -on -one style or a very small style. You know, you had, you know, three people and as a real tight group, 12 people, you know, at the most, you know, a um, hundred or so that were real active. And then you had a crowd and multitude beyond that. So people needed to see, I think, the Lord's love uh, in a church, um, and what Jesus was like, actually like. Mm -hmm. So you used the word earlier, authentic. I really like that word. And then you're using the word organic, uh, in your description. I really like that word too. So how are some of the ways that you guys have seen in your history as a church, uh, the Holy Spirit implementing that in your ministry? Yeah, I think of one of the very first ladies that came to the Lord uh, through River Rocks Church. Uh, I went to the bank to set up a, um, a bank account for the church. And I'm sitting down and, you know, at that time I was like, I think, 32 years old. And, and she asked me, so, wow, you seem pretty young to be a pastor. Um, you know, your dad must have been a pastor uh, or something like that. And, and I said, well, actually, that's not the case. And I started to share my testimony about what God had done in, in my wife and myself and, and just our lives and the transition that we had uh, coming to know the Lord and why God had called us to plant a church. And, and there it was the vice president of the bank branch, and she's just in tears oh, uh, in her man. office. Hmm. And, uh, and it opened the door for me to connect her with my wife. She went through some biblical counseling. She was going through a hard season uh, and ultimately got saved, got baptized. Um, and it was just, it's, I, I really believe that it's, it's got to be one-on-one, -on -one, um, us just sharing our faith. Uh, it's not really about getting more people in the church. It's about giving people Jesus uh, and, and explaining what he's done in our life and what he can also do in theirs. Mm. Um, so that's just a good example, I think, of what it is to be organic, mm -hmm. um, looking for opportunities in everyday life to share Jesus. It all has to do with really loving people, doesn't it? Loving Jesus in response to his love and this loving people. Yeah. So a little bit of history, which which is the backdrop uh, or the backstory behind this podcast, just for the listeners. Jeff, you'd sent me an email on April 27th of this year, and you wanted me to know that one of our Poyman Ministries pastors, Terry McNabb, has been a real blessing to you for the last four months or so. And when I read your email explaining some of the things that had happened in you and were happening in your ministry, it literally did uh, bring me to tears. So I, I'd like you to kind of tell that story. 
what what was going on in your life and ministry that prompted you, maybe pushed you, maybe compelled you to reach out for the coaching help that Terry has been able to provide uh, by the Spirit uh, in your life and ministry? Yeah, I appreciate you letting me share this story because it's been, uh, I always tell people that, you know, the last six and a half years have been the hardest uh, years of my life, but then also the most fruitful. Uh, the reality of it is, is that the the difficulty of the years and the, and the weight as a senior pastor, uh, you can't learn. You can't go to school of ministry to discover. Uh, you can't, until you're in the shoes of carrying the weight of the spiritual responsibility within the church, uh, you don't realize all your shortcomings and all the areas that you fall short and and a lot of insecurities too. You know, when I came into Planted Church, I thought I was a great leader. I thought I had it all together. I could teach okay. You know, I mean, we're going to be we're going to be just fine. Um, I realized that very quickly that a lot of the things I thought I had a capacity for, um, practically I didn't, and. Um, uh, and I also had started this with my wife. And so it was just me and her uh, for the first, you know, many years. And so we had, unfortunately, she had become a de facto uh, assistant pastor. Um, that was not a role that was ever designed for her. And as much as we could say that that she wasn't supposed to be in that role, we couldn't really figure out a way to get that done, that to change that situation. Um, you know, we had some ministry hurts. Um you know, struggles with uh, people that we've brought, we had come in from the outside that were there to help, um, you know, very close friends that, that had come in to help that kind of fell apart. And, and uh, we got to a point where we we're just absolutely running on empty. And I remember it was, it was just December and I was, uh, we were taking some time away. Um, a few weeks, we were in Florida. My wife has an autoimmune disease, so she's actually kind of healing up. Uh, the warm weather does a great job for her. And we get to a place where, you know, we both just like, you know what? Um, we're, we're done doing ministry the same way we've been doing it. Um, basically, <laughs> Pastor Jeff making all the decisions, Pastor Jeff making sure everything's happening, you know, and, and her being the go-to to get to me. Uh, and she was exhausted, too. And, and it was, it was a rough year. Uh, and so we just kind of got to a place where if, if we're going to continue to maintain this, knowing that I have a call that I can't get away from, but if I'm going to maintain it where we, we can survive and actually thrive, like I know we should be able to, something had to really change. Um, and so that was a place that we had gotten to is that we were exhausted um, we were worn out, you know, it causes you to start to think, okay, well, what could life be outside of ministry, you know? Um, mm. and, but there's still a call. There's still a sense that I'm, I'm, I'm not called to be outside of ministry. I'm called to be in it, mm -hmm. uh, but there's gotta be a better way. And so we got to that place where we both were just kind of done doing things the way that we've been doing them. Um, and, and knew that I needed help. I needed help to grow in my leadership. I needed help within the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I couldn't be bringing people from the outside in. I had to find ways to raise them up. And so that's what uh, really led me um, to reach out to you. And so we started down the path. I ended up finding your podcast, thankfully. Praise the Lord. That was honestly a godsend as I started listening to the first, uh, you know, five, 10, 15 um, different podcasts, you know, during this week, it just became real food for me to, to really nourish myself as a weary, tired pastor mm. um, whose wife is sick and who, who's exhausted with some of the things that have gone on and just some of the hurts that we've dealt with. Mm. Uh, and as I went through that, um, you had a few podcasts on pastoral coaching mm -hmm. and the, it just, it, it, I knew that I, I couldn't figure it out myself. Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out this leadership piece that I knew was missing, but I, 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 I didn't know the answer. So that was something that um, really sparked me to reach out to you. Well, I'm glad you did. Um, your, your situation, Jeff, I, I know you know this, but it's not unique. I mean, this happens a lot with, with, with those that are in ministry, and you've been in ministry for years and years, but as a senior pastor, like you said, it's a different animal altogether to be a senior or a lead pastor of a church. And uh, but it's not 
unusual. I, I remember myself, you know, th- several times coming to the place in my 27 years in Monterey where I thought it was time to leave, you know, <laughs> and it was mostly because of the kind of things you're talking about. So to the, to the guy that's in that place, you know, don't beat yourself up over the head, you know, like, like you're the only one going through this or has ever gone through this. Cause it's just not true. Uh, others go through this as well. And I, I really value and appreciate your honesty and, and being honest with yourself, being you and your wife, being honest together with yourselves as a team and as a couple, and then being honest uh, enough to reach out and, and be open to Terry and his, his input into your life. So that's, that's awesome. That's really great. So in your email to me, a previous email, you wrote uh, to the effect, well, that, that something drastic was needed to change things. So you were ready to go drastic. You were ready to go into drastic mode. Beast mode drastic, right? <laughs> and so you seemed like you were ready to quit and you decided to reach out to Poyman for help, as, as you just said. Why did you make that decision and what happened then? I was, I was so tired um, of, of having things kind of go a, a way that um, I, I could still see the Lord working and moving, but I was, I was exhausted with the constant pressure and stress that, that was on me. Uh, I felt like there was never any help. Um, I could know and understand that God has given me everything I need to be able to, uh, to lead the body, but I, it wasn't happening. And I mean, my wife and I just looked at each other and it's like, if this is the case a year from now, how do we continue to move forward? Um, and, and it was a kind of a real heart wrenching thing is that, you know, have I, you know, fulfilled a call that God has given me uh, and that I've maybe tapped out my capacity to lead this church to a, a different level or, or place um, and was it, you know, a, a coming to a close or is it something that God is wanting to breathe a fresh wind into? Uh, and, and I just knew that if I didn't give it an honest shot and say, you know what, let's try to do things differently. Let's figure out how to really change everything. Um, that, that would be the only way for, for us to sustain uh, the, the, the speed of life that we were going. I mean, I own a business and so I operate that. You've got a pass, you know, you pastoring your church, you got three little kids and a wife and, you know, a lot of bivocational guys out there that are just exhausted. Um, and then you get ministry hurts and you throw it all in and you're just like, wow, um, how much is this really worth it? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it continues to go down a path of just this level of exhaustion, mm-hmm. uh, personally, mm-hmm. um, and so there had to be drastic change. It had to be one for, for me and my wife, uh, but there really needed to be one. I looked at it for the church. Mm-hmm. The church needed me. I've always felt like I was the funnel, um, and I still believe this. I'm the funnel in terms of you know, how much of a capacity our church has, um, whether it's the, the moving of the Holy Spirit. I'm the funnel. Uh, whether it's the level of outreach that we have into the community, I'm the funnel. Whether it's the heart of the church, I'm the funnel. If it's one, if it's discipleship, I'm the funnel. I have to be, you know, somehow that funnel has to increase um, and it has to grow. And I just didn't have any idea how to do it, Bill. I, just, I, I ran out of um, ideas and thoughts to try to spread things out. We went outside to try to bring people in, and that was a you know, a, a mark that was, that was missed. It was difficult. It mm-hmm. resulted in a lot of hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we were really at a place, something really had to change. Mm-hmm. So the, the heart of all of the, the conflict and the stress that you were feeling was on the subject of, of leadership and just that really was the heart of it. Right. And you came into it, uh, pretty confident that the Lord was giving you leadership capability and that you'd be uh, a sufficient leader in the fellowship, and then as time went on, being bivocational is—I <laughs> mean, that's really a challenge. I mean, but as time went on, you uh, realized that you needed to do something differently. But the subject was leadership, right? That seems to be what the theme is. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And you know, um, one of the books I've been reading actually points to this: is that you know, for leadership. First of all, you've got to have a heart and character of a leader. 
um, which I believe that the Lord has you know, given me. And, mm-hmm. um, but there was the technique as well mm-hmm. of leadership, kind of that practical contextual leadership mm-hmm. that I had never been, I never seen before. Mm-hmm. I never had a, an example that they got to walk things out um, and I, I can emulate it. Um, so it was really the, the technique and the, and the kind of the plan, the practical pieces. I mean, I was continuously shooting from the hip. Um, and so people could understand my heart, but many times I would miss the mark because my heart would be good moving in a direction, uh, but then it would kind of fizzle out mm-hmm. or it wouldn't be clearly displayed with vision. And so it would kind of, you know, not have nearly the, the legs that it should. And, and there was just a lot of those practical things that I felt as, as a, a, a weight uh, as well as actually raising up leaders, um, mm-hmm. something that was missed too. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't help but thinking of part of Paul the Apostle's experience. And you'll remember the story when he's telling his testimony on one occasion. He's talking about how he's in Jerusalem and he's ministering to the Hellenistic Jews. And the Lord says to him, I want you to go from here to the Gentiles. You have to depart from Jerusalem. They're not going to receive your testimony concerning me. And then Paul goes into uh, debate mode with the Lord and says, but Lord, these people know that I was there when your martyr Stephen was killed and I was holding the cloaks of those who were doing the stoning. In other words, I'm the, I'm the guy that they can relate to more than anybody because they know my background and my past. It was almost as if Paul was saying, and I'm kind of paraphrasing Red, Ray Steadman in his commentary on 2 Corinthians, it's almost like Paul was saying, Lord, if you don't let me stay here, you're missing a golden opportunity because I'm the man. I am the man here. I'm the guy that is, is best qualified to reach these Hellenistic Jews. And so the Lord doesn't argue with him. He says, go. I'm going to send you far from here to the Gentiles. They put him in a ship at Caesarea. He goes back to Tarsus, and he spends eight to ten years in his hometown of Tarsus, and we don't have any information in the biblical record about that type of time of his life. Even though he was already an apostle, he was already called, he was already greeted and accepted by the Jerusalem church, all the ducks were lined up in a row, but he wasn't doing anything that the biblical record records as being apostolic for that length of time. And when I discovered that from the scriptures myself, as a young pastor myself at that time, it was so incredibly encouraging to me because here was Paul the Apostle thinking that he had the right stuff to do a specific task, but then realizing the way that he that wasn't necessarily true. And that's kind of been your experience. I'm not trying to put, you know, superimpose Paul the Apostle over against your experience. But in reality, you came in with a leadership plan and, and giftings and abilities and the mind and attitude of a believer. But the way you were doing it wasn't working. So you said, okay, back to square one. How can the Lord rebuild yeah. this leadership uh, thing that he's done in me? And now it's a different different thing altogether, really, uh, from what you've said. And, and it's kind of like a Paul the Apostle experience in some ways. Puts you in good company. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I'll take, I'll take that company any day. Yeah. It kind of fell out of my, uh, outside of my shoes on that one. But that's, uh, no, that's, that's the truth. I, I look at, um, you know, what, what I've noticed in, as being a pastor is, you know, I have to be the one who grows the most. And I've never realized I had so many insecurities, mm. uh, in my life. Um, as I did, um, uh, I never realized I had so many things deep down that I might hold on to or fears that I might have, or, you know, all those sorts of things. There's a heart to please the Lord, but then you still have this like sensitivity to man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those, those insecurities, you know, got to a place where, you know, they would, they would end up driving some of the things that I would do and say, um, rather than really allowing the Lord to kind of strengthen me uh, in those places. And I had to come to a place really, uh, Bill, where um, I was at the end of my rope uh, 
personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was at that point where, you know, God really opened up my eyes uh, to be able to see, okay, um, Jeff, this is who I'm, I- I've really created you to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've gotten through all your stuff. Um, and now I want to take you into my stuff a little bit more uh, and, and open up your eyes to see what it looks like for you to do ministry, um, you know, not in your own strength and and uh, and more and more in my strength. So it was it, it was needed. I needed to be here to be where I am at. Beautiful, today. beautiful. Yeah. Again, quoting Paul the Apostle, he said in Second Corinthians three, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves. Our sufficiencies from God, who makes us sufficient as ministries of the new covenant. And uh, Ray Steadman capsulizes that, those two verses, in such a beautiful way. He says, really, it's all about this. Nothing comes from me, everything comes from God. That's the way he synopsizes that two-verse set there. And I think it's just beautiful. So, you know, it's not abnormal. I mean, we all have to go through that, don't we? It's a hard, difficult, breaking process. And some never recover. Some never come out on the other side. And um, so you mentioned the word insecurities, you know. So when you came into the pastorate, when you started planting the church and coming, uh, you would not have probably identified yourself as being insecure at that point. Am I right? I I wouldn't have. And I think as people would have looked at me, they would have felt somebody that was confident, had a clear sense of direction. Um, And you were also, you know, when you're excited about something new, um, you know, and you're, you're ready to take on, on the world. Um, You know, the hard part with coming from a large church and planting Mm -hmm. is that expectations, you know, I could, I could have 50 people show up at my house just by asking them and they're all going to be there. Uh, and then that's your that's your group. If you make a little effort, they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different when you're planting a church in a community that you don't know a single person in. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. And, um, you know, as I, I've seen a lot of guys that I went to plant churches with that have faded from the ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's sad. And and I, I knew I didn't want to be on that path. The Lord hasn't, you know, had still called me. Um, but uh it just reminds me of a story. My before I started, um, and before I kind of really uh, adhered to the call that God had to plant a church. I remember I had gone up um, to a pastor's conference with a friend, and, and God had opened some amazing doors with him. And I'm thinking I could just be the second guy. I really could just be the second guy, come alongside and support. And I came home, and I'm telling my wife, and I'm like, you should, you can't even believe the things that happened. God opened amazing doors for him. And, and I think maybe we should just go and I'll be the second guy. And uh, she's like, well, honey, whatever you feel led to do, I'm going to be behind you. That's how my wife has always been amazing support. Um, but just make sure that uh, it's really what God wants you to do. And I kind of wrestled with that for a couple of days. And I was in our, our uh, um, dining room, kitchen area. And I was just going through all these things that I was wrestling with. Like, you know, I'm just not, um, I'm just not somebody, somebody would come listen to teach. I'm just not able to do these things. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily at the experience that people are looking for. And I kept saying, I'm just not this. I'm not this. And I just said, I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy. And I was fairly angry in tears there. And uh, my, my little boy, who was like three years old at that time, was sitting in the other room just playing and turns over uh, and just says, but daddy, Jesus is the guy. And it was at that moment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. My little, little, little boy moved by the spirit of God to speak a a deep truth uh, in me that said, okay, um, I'll take on this lead role. Um, You know, and, and, uh, you know, there is an expectation. There's obviously fear on the unknown when that happened. But, uh, you know, this was definitely a, a good, solid reminder of the season that, you know, led up to this December that, you know, Jesus has to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't be the guy. Um, and so um, just a, a neat story of, mm-hmm. of that kind of sufficiency um, yeah. that you're talking about, where it has to be holy in, uh, in Jesus and not myself. So you went from not being insecure because you weren't aware of these things yet and then you went from there to being insecure, and now you are secure again, but you're secure because Jesus is the man. 
Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's a good way to do it. Well, now it's going to be time for a quick break, and we're going to be back real soon with Jeff Birmingham to resume our discussion on the process, really, of ministry, what happens during a ministry life in a church plant. And uh, we don't just need another church. So we'll be back in a minute. You've been listening to Strength for Today's Pastor. Poinman Ministries appreciates your participation and prayers. If you'd like to help financially support this podcast, you can go to our website at poinmanministries.com forward slash donate. Thank you. Okay, Jeff, we're back. And, and so we've been talking about your own experience, your own process, your own learning curve, your own security to insecurity to security in Christ process, all of these kinds of things. So you were desperate for wisdom and answers, and you and Terry uh, McNabb from Poyman Ministries connected. So what happened in your initial meeting? You know, you got connected, you got each other's contact information, you reached out, I guess he called you, you called him, I don't know which one happened first. What happened in that initial meeting? Yeah, the initial meeting, um, you know, I pretty much just dumped on him. Um, you know, there was, the and, and it was really, you know, uh, I felt like I was missing the mark. Um, I felt like there was, I was failing in, in, in my leadership, that that was a big area that, that needed to change. My wife, you know, she could no longer be taking on the responsibilities and, uh, that she was. Um, I didn't have a, a sense of, or a plan moving forward. Um, and so, you know, in that first, in that first session, it was definitely a whole lot of him listening um, to my story and my situation. And uh, the one thing, Bill, he said to me um, that has just changed and stuck with me every time there's a hiccup, a bump, a, a person who, you know, struggles with something that I may say or do, um, he just stopped everything and he said, uh, you know what, Jeff, what you're experiencing and what you've experienced, this is normal. Uh, this is a normal experience as a pastor. This is, this is, and, and you have to look at it as normal uh, because if it's normal, then that means that, that you can continue to maintain through what's normal. It allowed me to kind of transition uh, a lot of the things that were kind of directed towards me off of Jeff and really on to maybe the role of the pastor, um, the weight of the pastor, the responsibility of the pastor. Um, and it, 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 it gave me something that I continue to go back to and just remember, hey, this is normal. And, and I've used that over and over and over um, talking with my leaders now is when they struggle with somebody or a conflict, that this is normal, that this is what we have to work through. This is what it's like to be in this role. And, uh, you know, those simple words set the tone for me to say, OK, if this is normal, then I'm going to figure out how. I can go through this, that I can, I can actually learn to lead better. Um, and so that was one of the big things that, uh, that happened in that first meeting, Bill, is, is he just, th th those words um, stood out to me and they continue to resound in my head. Mm -hmm. That's so helpful. It uh, reminds me of a, of, a, of a brother that I knew. He became uh, an associate pastor of mine in Monterey, wonderful man of God. And one of the things that he said to me as he came on staff was concerning conflict. He said, conflict exists, it happens, and situations arise. And he said, I'm not afraid of it. Um, the Holy Spirit's with me and we just go into it. And he, he, he helps work it out in whatever you know conflict or whatever outcome there's going to be. And I, I love that model because it was like, okay, it's going to happen. It does happen. It's always going to happen. So let's just face it and let's just go through it. That sounds kind of like what you experienced with, with those words that Terry shared. I'm glad he shared yeah, them. Well, you're right. And part of it too was it was also the piece of the fact that it's, it's also normal for pastors to feel the way that I feel. Yes. 
you know, and there was, there was the, the definite ministry experience mm-hmm. and, and hurts and things that you go through. Yeah. Uh, but it was also the internal workings that a senior pastor has and the, and the, the weights that, that you carry and, and maybe some of the fears and insecurities and stuff that, that, that as well was normal, mm-hmm. um, which, which kind of leveled the playing field that realized that, you know, Jeff wasn't just this, you know, guy who's out on the fringe of, of, of where he was at, but, but really along the lines of, of every other guy that's out there pastoring in a church. That's right. That's right. Well, that first month, um, after you started meeting with Terry, you, you wrote that they were very eventful for you and, and you learned so much and, and you, and you wrote quote, for the first time in many years, I could enjoy ministry again. So what were you learning that created that response in you? Yeah. So as Terry, you know, the, you know, the first meeting was, was really kind of a, um, I think a building trust. And, and that's kind of one of the foundations of what he follows through in his uh, team building approach um, to ministry is to build trust. And so uh, he had built, you know, my trust and, and vice versa. So um, there was, there was a trust that was built between the two of us in that first session and, and he just asked me to trust him um, with the process and to stick with the process uh, that would take months, not just a week and not just a quick counseling session um, and to stick with it. And that he would help me develop a plan that would allow me to lead in a way that means that my wife doesn't have to do all the other things. Uh, so it gets her out. I basically realized I had to fire my wife from just about everything except for those things that really make her heart leap, that really are in the zone of ministry. She's an amazingly gifted teacher of the word of God. And so she mm-hmm. needs to do that um, and, and minister to women, but not all the other stuff. And so yeah. we started to work on a, on, a, on a modification to our leadership structure. Um, it was pretty much me and a couple of elders that were putting together the, the calendar of events and pushing things together. And then I was, you know, coordinating with this ministry leader and that ministry leader and the kids and the men's and, and all independently and, and not really effectively either. It was just more what's going on. What are we doing? Uh, so we adjusted our leadership structure. So the elders are really focused on on more the spiritual oversight of the church where we would have our leadership team might be considered deacons. Um, potentially, uh, they they now are going to be coming together and we're going to develop a team. And he would teach me one week and I walk in and teach them the next week. Um, almost the foundations of what it looks like to build a team approach to doing the work of the ministry, um, which opened up a an amazing plan that we can, you know, now look out and know what's happening over the next six months and we can work for it. We're, you know, able to, to actually know that things are getting done across the board and we don't miss things that were missed in, in the past. Um, and we've, we've made a ton of modifications, but everybody on that leadership team has had buy-in on every change that we've had. You know, a men's ministry leader, you normally wouldn't have buy-in on kids check-in. Um, but the fact that we've been able to do it together, everybody knows what's going on within the church. And there's been so few questions going to my wife, which is how it typically went, um, which is an amazing blessing. Um, and even questions going to me. And so we've, we were able to develop a leadership structure where I could propel the vision. Uh, and that was one of the key things he focused on is that you have to develop a vision uh, for your church. And, and one of the keys that, that our vision that we developed was just one more and then blank transformed by Jesus Christ. And you can fill in the blank. It could be a, a mom. It could be a father. It could be a, an, an addict or whatever. And, and we got everybody in the church, you know, the rubber bracelets for them to wear, which really focused us on a, on a common vision, uh, which gave the whole church uh, a reason. And now everybody's walking around, you know, telling me how terrible their day was. But God opened up a door and they just say just one more. Um, and so it's been really neat to see the practical things that he shared with me um, going through that leadership training and uh, or developing a leadership structure and kind of a training for my leaders uh, to, to really be working as a team mm-hmm. um, to do the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned uh, in your email to me uh, that you started a men's leadership training uh, specifically in relationship to that, you've alluded to that a little bit, 
It's called SALT. Uh, so t- talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, so as it relates to SALT, um, I, I stole the I stole it from Brian Ewing, who's on your podcast. Um, you know, he I've, I've been in contact with him too, just to get some of the details of it. But oh, one of the big things, yeah, it's been amazing. He's an, he's an amazing guy. We've got great similar stories and where we were at, and uh, you know, servant and leadership training is what it is. And so for um, we put it out to the men, and really felt a need that men needed to be challenged. Um, you know, in the spiritual disciplines and disciplines within the home and, and physical disciplines. Uh, and so put it out to the men. I had 11 guys come and we had, had been in a situation in the last few years where I'm trying to get people to come from the outside to help me, you know, bring on an assistant pastor, bring on a youth leader uh, and, you know, realize that, you know, when I can't hire somebody to fill the role. I need to be a pastor of them first before I bring them on. And so we've been over the last four months uh, with these 11 guys going through, you know, a a leadership training. We're reading a book every day. We're posting our devotion and whatever we read um, on a, on a common group. And so everybody's being encouraged. We've been able to spend the the last month and a half going through the, the Holy spirit, the person, the work of the Holy spirit, the baptism of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit. And it's starting to, I'm starting to see this amazing change where women have always had a great sensitivity in, in a lot of ways, but the men are leading their homes now. And because I've got 11 guys in it, they're spurring on the other men within the church. Wow. And this is the foundation to me of what does look like a school of ministry. I didn't want to call it that to give any different impressions, but uh-huh. I think year one, uh, we get to identify two, three, four guys that actually will take on a year two. Um, that'll have a different slant that's going to be a little bit more focused on ministry to start to raise up pastors or, or a missionary or somebody who really does have a calling to go into the ministry. So now I step back and I've got a two-year plan set out for raising up leaders within the church that I never had before, right. which gives me so much hope. I can work a plan. I could never, I never had a plan to work. So it was get to Sunday, get to Sunday, get to Sunday. Now I can't wait to see what happens in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so all the other steps in there are doable for me. I can do those steps to get there in two years from now. And I tell you, I'm not going to, there's no, there's no reason to think about quitting at all because I've got work <laughs> that's, that has to happen over the next couple of years, at least in, in that regard, not to mention a much bigger picture. Well, gosh, you know, Jeff, you're you're being energized by the Holy Spirit. You're being energized by a biblical model for developing leaders. You're being energized by the fellowship of men like Terry McNabb and Brian Ewing and others that are probably in your queue or in your life. And and you're being energized by the fruit that that approach is taking. And as you're doing all of this, developing people, developing leaders, the weight on your shoulders and on your wife's shoulders to do everything has a lot, and much of it has been just completely lifted. And now you're enjoying ministry and life again. You're absolutely right. I, I didn't think that there was this much hope wow. um, to be had in pastoral ministry. Um, you kind of felt that perhaps maybe just an, an ongoing struggle is the lot. I and mean, you'll, you'll read a lot of what Paul writes and you're just like, guys, get ready for suffering. Ministry is hard and difficult and miserable. And you're sitting here thinking like, well, wait a second, you still see such great joy in Paul, yes. even in the midst of those things. Like, why am I not experiencing that level of joy? There's instances and moments and you're still led by the spirit in a lot of things and and, and that sort of deal. But there was there was that, that, that joy that was missing that just, you know, that keeps you moving forward. And so a lot of it has been lifted. Now, I've still got a lot of work to do. Um, There's still a lot of work in the leadership team that has to be developed, a lot of work in these men that are in in SALT and and just the the idea of being able to maintain um, a a change of course that allows the church to grow. And, uh, you know, we've seen this was probably one of the the best compliments I could have got as a result of all these changes. There was a, uh, a guy who started his family started attending right around four months ago. And he's, you know, a very high executive in a company, you know, leadership book guy, all that sort of stuff. 
And I sat down for breakfast with him and he just, he had shared, you know, one thing I can say about this church, I just want to encourage you in is I see a very clear leadership structure and a very clear direction in terms of where you guys are going and how you're going to get there. And you don't even care what people think about that. You're just going to do it. Um, And it just set back and it's like, that was just somebody completely from the outside sitting in church, being a part of a handful of the things that we've done that has a sensitivity towards this. And it, it would have not been there six months ago. Mm. Um, and so that was, that was really just an encouragement that it is possible. It is doable. Mm. Um, even for a guy like me, uh, to be able to make a change in, in, in a fairly short order, mm-hmm. um, and have a plan that yeah. you and your team can work. Beautiful. Beautiful. I got encouraged by a guy one time like that. We're, we're jogging after a men's breakfast, and he said, you know, the Lord's really doing a neat thing here. This is a wonderful thing that God is doing in this church and in, through your ministry. He said, and it's going to continue to be great if you don't screw it up. <laughs> Amen. I'll tell you what, that seems to, that's like always the pressure, right? <laughs> Make sure you get out of the way. Get out of the way. <laughs> I laughed. We laughed together over that. So you you talked about how that these are the most joy-filled months you've ever experienced in ministry. You used the word hope. You talked about church unity. You even mentioned in your email to me new families being added every week. It just sounds like, you know, the Lord is blessing uh, the biblical methodology and reliance upon the Spirit that is now part of what you're doing. Yeah, Bill, it's... um... There's been a fresh wind that's blown in the church, nice. um, and I knew that it from the beginning. It had to start with me, mm-hmm. um, and it has to has to continue to work in me for it to work in mm-hmm. in them. Um, you know, we had uh, it, it was really really special as we had a an evening of just the the filling of the Holy Spirit with those men that are in the leadership training, mm-hmm. and we came back two weeks later, and you got to hear these incredible stories where you know God would give this divine wisdom to a, mm. to somebody who's dealing with a patient who's thinking about committing suicide mm-hmm. or a word of knowledge to somebody who just knows exactly what somebody needs prayer for mm. um, to, you know, even in counseling sessions. And so you're just starting to see the move of the spirit mm-hmm. working in the hearts of people. We had a women's conference that had way more people than we would have ever expected show up and they walked away and, and the ladies are just in tears over their sin and over the things that they've allowed their lives to become and so desperate for the love of Jesus Christ. I, I mean, you just can't even put, uh, um, you know, a finger on what's happening right now uh, at River Rocks Church. Um, it's, it's amazing um, to just watch and see what the Lord can do. Um, but it had to happen in me first. And I really had to get to the place where I was. Mm-hmm. I just wish uh, I heard this one time. I said that um, God is fast, but we are slow. And uh, I sure <laughs> wish I could speed this whole thing up sometimes. Um, and uh, and that's really what I think we've, we've experienced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one more question, Jeff, and then I'm going to give you a couple of minutes just to share whatever's on your heart directly to pastors, either on or off topic. But one more question. Uh, the mechanics of your meetings with Terry, how long are each sessions? How often do you meet? That kind of thing. Yeah. So these sessions are an hour long. We meet every two weeks. So it's not a, an exorbitant amount of time on, on either of our parts. There's a lot of homework and follow-up of things that you have to walk through. There's been a few times where I'd come back and you know, especially early on and he had me do some homework and he looked at it and he said, well, I think you can do better. Um, go back and do it again. Uh, and so it, I'm like, great, it set me behind two weeks. I got it on track. Um, and, and so they're, they're very simple. Um, and it's, it's just incredibly encouraging and focused. He's got a, a path that he follows for leadership development um, and how to build leadership that's, that's accomplishable. You know, it's not a, you know, hey, go read a 300-page book and, and write a report on it and figure it out. I mean, there's only a handful of kind of worksheets that he works, but he works them heavily. And it, and it just is a system of, of leadership by vision that really has been effective for us. Good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So now it's two minutes with Jeff Birmingham. So whatever's on your heart as the interviewee, as our guest pastor, Jeff, you have two minutes to share anything you'd like with the current senior pastors and leaders that are going to be listening to this podcast. 
Awesome, Bill. Well, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and probably about 200 of these two minutes. So it's a privilege to be able to share uh, my two minutes. Uh, I think the, what would be on my heart is that uh, if there's a pastor that's listening and that is really struggling, um, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're worn out, you just don't know how much longer you can go, um, that you would make an effort uh, to to reach out, uh, whether it was to Poyman or another pastor that really has a desire to, uh, to pour into you, um, to be open uh, to a lot of changes uh, in your own personal life, uh, and also to um, look to raise up leaders from within. Um, don't just hope that God's going to send a, an angel and drop them into your church. Uh, it's going to be absolutely perfect. Um, or some fancy pastor from the past or whatever, but that you actually invest in people and have a plan um, as you develop a plan, work the plan and, and enjoy the work that God's going to have every step of the way. Mm. Uh, it's possible. It's doable, but um, you don't have to do it alone either. Well, thanks again, Jeff, for joining us. It's It's been a great conversation. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate how you've led us into your world and into your heart. And and I'm sure that the Lord's going to use this because the God of all comfort comforts us with a certain level of comfort and we comfort others and strengthen others as well with what we go through. So I appreciate you sharing and being willing to share your journey. So if you're interested in Jeff's studies and want to know more about River Rocks Church or Jeff's story, just head on over to riverrockschurch.com, riverrockschurch.com. So again, thanks, Jeff, for joining us. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate you having me. You're very welcome, and it was our pleasure. So uh, to look into more of the podcast and ministry helps appointment Ministries, just head on over to appointmentministries.com, and you'll find a plethora of our resources and you can go to the podcast page and you can look up that podcast that Jeff referred to with Brian Ewing, Calvary Chapel, Juneau, Alaska. That was a fun uh, podcast to do. Uh, and uh, I'm so glad that you guys are connected, by the way, Jeff. That's a wonderful thing. He's a good brother, like you said. And if you want to consider possibly investigating a coaching opportunity with Terry McNabb or one of our other pastors, I know Terry right now is available and he does have some room in his, his coaching schedule. So uh, you could go to the website and connect with him as well. We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback on this or any other podcast. Till next time, may the Lord bless you and your service to him. Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by Pointman Ministries. You can find us at pointmanministries.com. That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com. If something in today's program prompts a question or comment, or if you have a topic idea for a future episode, just shoot us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com. That's strongerpastors at gmail.com. May the Lord bless you as you serve him, his pastors, and his church.